Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is director of media for the Maryville University eSports program. They are three-time national champions. His name is Jordan Ousley. Jordan, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. And uh, if you need to find out more about them, best thing is to check them out. Maryville GG. Uh, on the social medias and they have a YouTube channel where they stream and I'm sure do their events, but we'll get into all of that here in the show. It's the playful humans podcast. Find us at playfulhumans.com. There's a quiz you can take about your playful personality and find other cool people doing fun things. Here we go. Jordan, welcome. Uh, we like to start with the joke of the week here. The joke of the week is brought to you by auctions. I was hooked on going to auctions after going once, going twice. Uh, okay. Uh, nice. the joke of the week. Uh, they, they don't get much better uh, either. <laughs> uh, a priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into a blood bank. Uh, they ask what type the of blood type the rabbit is, and he said he's a type O. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. That's good. Minister and a rabbit. Uh, the rabbit is a typo. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have a joke for us? Yeah, actually, mine comes from my grandpa. My grandpa is very uh, notorious for telling me all sorts of dad jokes. Uh, we have dinner with him every Saturday night when I live back in DC, so it's awesome. always fun. But uh, uh, his go-to is always, um, "Why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants to the course?" I don't know why. In case he got a hole in one. <laughs> yeah, for sure that's a good one i heard another yep. uh good dad joke we're on vacation with my father-in-law if the uh if the server asks you if you want a box for your leftovers you say no but i'll wrestle you for them <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good. nice uh so speaking of sports uh and esports you are working with the maryville collegiate team and yep. I don't think a lot of adults now realize that like esports is a thing and it's a professional thing now that you can actually play for a living and play sure. video games yep. for a living. Tell us about um, the esports program, how long it's been around, and you're a three time national champions over there. So I'm imagining it's for a few years now. You've yeah. Yeah. So um, esports in general has been around for, I mean, we're pushing 10, 12 years. Like it's, it's been, a thing for a while and it's slowly just starting to become more developed and more developed into really aligning itself alongside traditional sports now and, and how popular it is. Um, I've been at Maryville uh, University as the director of media since the summer of 2019. I moved out to St. Louis from Kansas City, which is where I was uh, born and raised. And uh, Maryville itself has had an esports program since the start of 2015. Um, so they've been around for a while. They were one of the first collegiate programs in the country. One of the first programs to offer scholarships in the country. Um, we were, um, we, you know, we st they started the program in 2015 and, and won the national championship in 2015. And then we've just been, you know, winning and winning ever since. So it's been a crazy wow, ride. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, uh did, I'm assuming that you played a lot. What games are, are you playing and how do the like competitions work? I've watched some uh, documentaries and stuff, but I've kind of sure. too old. I'll also famously, Jordan, I, I should admit for it, straight up front, 
the one regret my brother and I have from our childhood, we were completely blessed. Amazing. I grew up here in Kansas City as well in the suburbs and just beautiful time. We had a pool in the backyard. Life was great, but our parents would not buy us a Nintendo. And so I have sucked at video games ever since. (laughs) I'm the guy that respawned and bond in college and just got got shot in the face in three seconds. Yeah. I'm terrible at it. So help us uh, that are are not good. uh, Sure. Fill out what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been gaming as long as I can remember. I think the first thing I ever got was a Game Boy Color. got Pokemon Blue. Uh, played that i think i got that for like my eighth birthday or something like a long time ago and i've just been gaming ever since um it, it was it really did start out like a lot of single player games like you know nintendo 64 playstation xbox all that stuff and then uh the world of like online video games kind of came in when i remember uh watching my dad play like quake um with his like work buddies like late at night and i'd be like wow this is mm-hmm. so cool like you're talking to them and like playing the same server as them and like playing with them so uh, that was really cool. And then it's just, it's just kind of like ramped up from there. Like I've just been, I mean, I've been gaming for as long as I can remember. Um, and then I started to get into more like FPS games, which just like stands for first person shooter games. Um, and that's where I sort of like really started to appreciate like the competitive side because um, not everybody can like gather that skill, like that, the hand-eye coordination, the, the, the reaction speed and all that stuff to really kind of compete at like a higher level. And I was like, by no means ever really that high skilled, but, um, I did play, like I did compete at like the very lowest tiers of like competition that you could compete at. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's just been kind of a ramp up ever since I've been gaming, like I said, for as long as I can remember. So it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride. So I, I guess I want to ask one more or maybe make a comment and then ask one more question about that before we talk into like how you when you figured out you could do it for a living or sure. make money at it and, mm-hmm. and things like that, because uh, there have been competitions for a long time, like Tetris. There were gaming yeah. competitions where you could win cash and yep. and prizes and people could be professional players just like they do with poker or any other game. Yep. There are tournaments where you could win enough money to be a professional. So yep. how did how do you, when do you think that kind of became like a thing to now at the point where there are multiple people, it's kind of like YouTube and influencers where people, you know, there might've been one person making money at it 10, 20 years ago, but now hundreds, thousands of people are making full-time careers just around East. Yeah. I think as, as just video games in general have developed as developers have sort of taken a step back and kind of you know, it's everything slowly becoming not even just like a, a uh, experience, you know, uh, like they're trying to like create an experience for gamers, but they're also trying to create a scene where like they can get as many people playing their game as possible and how to, you know, monetize that as well. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, thinking back like the old Halo days where there was just like, you know, a bunch of people set up in, in a hotel ballroom with, you know, CRT TVs and they were playing for, you know, a, a $5,000 cash prize was like the, you know, grand prize 10 years ago. And now like you look at some of the bigger tournaments and you're talking like millions and millions and millions of dollars for the cash prize. And that's just to win the prize. That's not even talking about like what the players are actually getting make, like the contracts that they're signing and, you right. know, their, their buyouts and like what their salaries are and stuff. So um, esports, like I said, has been just like a steady ramp up to the point where like, now, like you look at like, um, you know, overseas and stuff where like, like traditional sports isn't as popular over there, but like League of Legends, for example, is like 
a national sport over there. So like, it's just, it just keeps getting more and more popular. Like right now, the, the league of legends world championship is going on, which is like one of the most watched um, esports events in the world. Um, so that's a very cool um, event that is hosted by riot games and that's happening right now. So um, yeah, yeah esports is just, growing it's crazy that's the one i do- watched the documentary on and i don't think mm-hmm. people quite realize or at least the mainstream media that like you're when you say a lot of people most watched or something we're talking about millions of people at this point absolutely like it's it's uh not quite like super bowl level but right. it's up there past like a lot of other things like past world series and other oh yeah you know, nhl hockey finals and things especially global audiences like you mentioned when they're oh yeah hundreds of thousands of people in the stands watching this and millions right. of people watching online. Right. Well, I'm like there's, there's stats that can't even be tracked. Like there's, there's sites like, you know, overseas that host um, the, the games over there that you can't even like get the numbers on because um, they're just like sites that like, we don't even have access to over here. So it's like um, the numbers that you see on like American sites here are just like a, a drop in the pond compared to like what's over there. So um, yeah, it's, it's the, the viewership is just increasing every single year. And, and to counter that though, like there are games where, um, you know, they'll, they've had a crazy ramp up now and like some games are taking over. So that's a very competitive space on like what games are like performing well within the audiences and stuff. So. Yeah, I think that's really interesting too. It basically becomes like any sport where people are cheering for incredible moves and athletics or, or strategy and, and things and games and, and stuff that uh, makes a ton of sense for me. I'm wondering about for you as a, uh, as a player, but also, you know, as director of media, I'm assuming that you're one of the people trying to capture this and stuff as well. So what does that look like as far as the storytelling and what makes it so fun and entertaining for the players and for the people watching? Yeah, I I think for me, like one thing that I really take pride in my job is like I'm, you know, taking the collegiate side of things out of it because collegiate is very new compared to the everything else. It's like this is, you know, we've had football and baseball and all these other sports for, you know, 100 years. Like it's been around forever and esports is just so, so new. But as it's continued to develop and as big as it's gotten in such a short period of time, it's like there's not a lot of stuff out there on it. Like there's not a lot of like documentary or documentaries out there, or, you know, just a, a lot out there. So I think it's just really cool to be in a space and in a position like I am where I'm able to tell the stories of like these players, this Maryville program um, where we've started the hardships that we go through the highs and the lows. I think it's like, that's, that's the most rewarding part for me is to really kind of capture everything that is happening within, within what we are doing. So, yeah, uh, you're in a really cool spot because I think it's one of those things when you look back, you know, a hundred years later at like the starts of basketball or something, you're capturing the first collegiate national champion, you know, like that's pretty cool stuff that people will be showing, that footage and, and stuff, you know, the grainy footage right. Right. <laughs> in HD. Hopefully they're playing uh, my video 25 years from now. Like that's, yeah. that's, the I mean, goal, that, so. that could be really cool. And also I, I think the, the ramp up of this is so amazing to me that, you know, you were talking about a steady increase, but especially with COVID e-games, you know, jumped like 50% because yeah. people couldn't go out and play sports or team things and stuff, but it was something that you could continue to do during the pandemic. Yep. More people found it, more people watched it. And it's an incredible rise really fast over the last uh, five, 10 years, but especially the last, you know, two, can you yep. talk a little bit about what that has meant? 
Yeah, COVID definitely it it was it was tough and like I don't know. It's it's a weird subject because everything for the most part is online for esports. Like, um, but there is that like in person LAN experience that like you can't get anywhere else. So when you know the pandemic hit and all these developers or a lot of them were like mid-season obviously a lot of things kind of just went on hold for a while like we even were were we were mid-competition um and we just had our whole season basically canceled um but like in terms of collegiate we're much lower on the tier of like priority when it comes to like what the pros are doing and stuff so um but yeah a lot of people just like hit pause for a while and then they just resumed all competition but everything was happening online so a lot of these developers and broadcasters and everything kind of had to figure out how to pivot from hosting all of their tournaments and stuff in person in their own studios like in LA or like wherever they were at to like now having all of their broadcasters and talent and everybody just doing what we're doing here like on a zoom call like trying to figure out how to get the best possible product out to everybody that still wanted to watch um and there was a lot of like there was a lot of issues with Kim with that because you know steady able uh, internet connection and and all that stuff was definitely like a factor so um now that things have you know gotten a little bit better there's competition that's coming back in person which is very exciting um we just at maryville we just had our first event of actually our first in-person event um over the summer here in st louis that we hosted um, or we helped host as Maryville um, called the Gateway Legends Invitational, which was a 16-team collegiate invitational hosted at Ballpark Village downtown. That was really fun. Um, and then we, and then competition is slowly coming back. We're leaving this coming weekend. We're going to Illinois State University for their event that they're hosting. So uh, in-person events are back and it's exciting to to kind of get back to where we, where we left off. Yeah, I think that is uh, that's really cool, cool and exciting. I'm sure for everybody. I guess one of the other things I noticed about esports is it's probably one of the more inclusive uh, sports. So you've already mentioned the international reach of it and and stuff. How did you in Maryville, you know, put together a championship team so fast and and talk about maybe some of the stories of the players, like where they come from and how um, these players become professionals or, or even just, you know, national champions. Sure. So without butchering the origin story, cause I don't know it completely, but my boss, um, Daniel Clark, he, uh, he's worked in pro esports for a really long time. Um, he was going to Maryville, uh, to finish his degree and he went to the president and, and basically brought the idea of esports to president Mark Lombardia at Maryville university and kind of told him all about it. And Mark was like, how do we, how do we make this happen? Like, how do we get it here? And Dan said, give me five full rides. I'll get a team and we'll, you know, we'll win the championship. And that's just what he did. Dan recruited um, just like you would recruit for any other traditional team. You go out, you scout players in, in the game league of legends, you have, you know, like any other sport, you have certain positions that you're scouting for. Um, and each person plays a role in that team. So you're not going to like, you know, look for a wide receiver who can play quarterback. It's like you have your specific role that you're really good at. And that's what you're, that's what you're looking for when you're recruiting. So, um, so he got five players. One of them um, is actually my boss slash roommate, uh, Andrew Smith. He was a player at Maryville for four years. Um, and now he's our assistant director of the program. So he handles a lot of like the day-to-day academics, making sure students are doing what they're doing. So um, you get students from, from all over. Like, I think that that's, um, a, a big kind of difference with us is like, you know, you don't most, I don't think we have a single player from the St. Louis area. Like everybody's from all over. We have a couple 
of students from like the UK area. We have a couple students from like Australia. Like we have students from all over that are coming to um, not only like compete, but also to like work on and earn their degree while doing so. Uh, that's really cool. And when, what about you specifically? How did you um, find it? And when did you realize you could do this for a living? Because I think a lot of people like anything in, in the people that I interview, right? I interview athletes and entertainers and jugglers and magicians and right. uh, comedians. People are like, well, I kind of know that's a thing, but I didn't really believe it was possible for me. Did you ever like have a real job or go to school for something else or, or and find it? Or did you, were you lucky enough to just land in uh, the right spot at the right time and do this for your whole career. I was certainly lucky. Like, and I, I say this all the time, like getting into the esports world, it's getting easier because companies and people that are getting involved and in putting money into esports are just naturally getting bigger and they need more employees. So like, you know, five, 10 years ago, you'd have just like a team coach and like a general manager of the team. And like, you wouldn't really have all like the, you know, accounting and, and creative side of everything. So um, I definitely did get lucky. So I went to Missouri State University in Springfield. I got my degree in film there. Um, and like I said, I've been gaming my whole life. So um, I never really started following esports too closely until um, right around the time that I was graduating, like 2015-ish. Um, and and at that time, I was like, man, this is like, this is really cool. Like, uh, it's it's something that's like interesting to me because again, like I was, you know, competing at like a very low level. So to see like, there's players out there that were competing at a really high level. And, you know, it's like, if you're somebody who enjoys watching baseball and like you watch a pro baseball player, it's like, you want to be like them. Like you, you like playing the game and you want to hit home runs like them. It's like, you want to be as good as them. So like you watch these players compete and you're like, man, I want to be like that. So, um, so esports was really cool. And then, um, at the time there were very few organizations that were actually doing like media and like videos related to esports, but like, I, I would just watch them and I'd be like enamored at like how cool, like this sort of behind the scenes look at, because again, like I was in a position where like, I, I wanted to be a pro and like, I wanted to do this. So to see like the kind of behind the scenes look at what they were doing was such a cool experience for me. And I was like, like, maybe I'll never be good enough to like be pro, but like, I could do this. Like, I know how to use a camera. Like I know how to run interviews and set up lighting and stuff. So like, this is really cool. Like, I, I think that this is cool. So then um, I remember I remember telling my friend, his name's Jordan Payton. He's from Kansas City. He goes by the tag Legion, L-E-G-I-Q-N. Uh, he's a content creator and a Twitch streamer. Um, and he has always been in the gaming industry as well a lot. And he's like, hey, I'm going out to St. Louis for this Halo event. And I'm, I'm like a floor hoster, I think. And he was like, do you want to come out, sleep on my hotel floor and like just shoot for your portfolio? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so out there, I had the opportunity to really be at my first event and i loved it like i was taking pictures of the photo uh taking pictures of the players playing um taking some video meeting like some of the casters and some of the talent just kind of meeting everybody that was involved it was really cool and i was like okay this is what i want to do like this is really awesome so then i went to another event um with the same people that hosted that event and then at that event i met my old boss his name is john dehart um and he was the creative director of a esports organization called e united um, and they were like, Hey, we're looking for a videographer. Are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I want to do it. And at the time, like, I, I, like the pay wasn't great, but I was like, I don't care. Like, I just want to do this. And then a couple months later, they were sending me out to Dallas for, for my first event. And then I was out in Dallas for, I actually filmed two events in Dallas and back-to-back -back weekends. 
And then for the next two years, I basically traveled the country, traveled the world with United wow. as like their videographer. So I would go to United as an organization is basically like, um, it's kind of hard to explain in traditional sports terms, but they're basically like an umbrella organization that has teams from all different games. So like you have like a rocket league team or like a, um, a CSGO team or a call of duty team or a halo team. All of these guys can wear the United brand essentially. Um, so I would go all over the country. I've been to Poland, Germany, um, multiple places in the U S and I basically travel with the team, film documentary type videos and, and really capture what like a weekend at an event would look like and kind of that behind the scenes look. So I did that for two years and I loved every second of it. It was awesome. So that's kind of how I got my start and, and where I ended up. Yeah. Well, I think it, it makes a ton of sense. And I, I learned a lot from your story there that just applies to everything else. You know, I did radio here in Kansas city. I was on mix 93.3 and, and stuff. Sure. And, um, people ask me the same thing. They're like, well, how do you get your own show? Well, you don't just show up and get your own show. Like right. you start, you know, DJing and special events or on the weekends or for parties and you take crappy jobs and then you get slightly less crappy jobs. It sounds like you got some really cool opportunities right off the start, which is awesome, but it's, you have to start doing it. And once right. you start doing it, you meet the right people and you get more opportunities and better opportunities and you learn and grow. It's, it's like any other job, like networking and, and getting to know people and, and working your way up. It's, it's really how you start. Like I wouldn't have the position I'm at at Maryville now as the director of media, if I didn't start, you know, with the travel and, and don't get me wrong. I, I love the travel. Like I, I went from somebody who didn't like getting on a plane to basically being gone two to three weekends out of the month. Like, I think I went to something like 50 something events in two years. Like I, I went all over. So um, I definitely started where like, you know, you, you kind of, it, it was exhausting, but you know, you start low and then you just kind of work your way up the chain. You meet people, you network and, um, and you get to where you want to be. So, and I'm, like I said, I'm really happy with where I'm at at Maryville now. So it's great. Awesome. Uh, well, congratulations. And again, thanks for spending some time with us and, sure. and talking about it a little bit. If you want to find the Maryville team, it's at Maryville GG, uh, on the social media, uh, Jordan, where can people find you? <laughs> that's, that's kind of my own like personal portfolio. Honestly, everything oh, I do cool. is there. Uh, if you want to check out my Twitter, it's at Shipley with two E's S H I P L E E TV on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Jordan Owsley. I don't post much on there, but yeah, everything that I've been doing for the last almost two years has kind of just been fully directed at everything Maryville. So I'm really excited with what we're building there. Um, I'm excited. We got a lot of cool things in the pipeline coming up. So I'm excited to kind of see how that develops and, uh, and yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be a name to be known for, for quite a long time. So that's awesome. Uh, it's so cool. Go check it out and see what they're doing over there at Maryville GG. And do you want to play a game? Sure. Let's do it. All right. We're going to spin our prize wheel. There are 10 games on here that it could land on and you got, Oh, movie trivia. This is one of our, our new games. It's a little tough. I'm going to be honest. All right. uh, they're not recent movies. So keep that in, in mind here, but I'll give you three questions. You get two out of three. You win. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. What was Mark Wahlberg's character's name in Boogie Nights? Did you see Ooh, Man, that's a long time ago. Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. Man, I... Hmm. I don't know. That's that's a tough... That, see, that's like... I don't know when that came out. Like the 90s? Like that's... Might yeah, be a little bit older than me. Old. All right. That was Dirk Diggler. Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Diggler. Dang. I remember that one. 
All right. Uh, also, uh, an old one here, but name an actor who sparred on screen with Dolph Lundgren, Mr. T, and Carl Weathers. Is that a team? Is that is that? No, not Carl Weathers. Oh, oh. Um, hold on. Is this? Uh, I know Carl Weathers was in Rocky. Is this uh, Sylvester Stallone? Yes, there All you right. go. All right, All see, right, I'm, I'm not too right. bad. Sylvester Stallone. All right, now this one, I think we're e- ending with the easiest uh, okay, one good. here. But when Tom Cruise danced in his underwear in Risky Business in the 80s, do you know what tune was playing? Oh, man. I can, like, hear it in my... Yeah, yeah. If you play it for me, I know I like can like yeah. hum along and everything, but I just don't know the name of it. That's, uh, that's uh, the old time rock and roll. Yeah, old time rock and roll. roll. Yep, that sounds right. All right, dang. Uh, nicely done. Thanks for playing. Those were uh, were tough. One out of three is not bad. There, not bad. Uh, I would have played you in a video game online. We should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have exactly. Next time, that's what we'll have to do. Uh, we'll have to one v one and something. Yeah, for sure. Anything else uh, anybody listening can do to to help you or anything that you recommend that they check out? No, I think, um, you know, I, I just tell people like if they if they don't know much about esports, like keep an open mind. It's definitely a very like, um, you know, bizarre concept when you think like these players are getting paid to play video games. But, you know, people are getting played to play football. People are getting played to, you know, shoot pool or play poker like it's you know, everybody has their talents and their skills. And I think esports is is a an exciting field and a a really cool um opportunity for a lot of people so you know just keep an open mind check some uh, events out you know twitch.tv is a really awesome place where you can watch events and and things that are happening right now so um, head over there check it out but yeah esports is awesome you know keep an open mind Awesome. Thanks again, uh, Jordan Ousley, the director of media for the Maryville University Esports Program. They're three-time national champion ch- <laughs> champions, and they've won like 17 major champions. So it's a yep. uh, great uh, group there and a fun thing to follow. Go check them out and check out Playful Humans at PlayfulHumans.com. Pretty easy to remember there, but also you can find this podcast on any app you listen to podcast on. Search for it, subscribe. Shoot us a comment. Leave us a suggestion for future guests. If you know anybody cool, I want to talk to them. Don't wait for tomorrow. Live for today. Keep on chasing the sunshine. And go out and play. Go play, everybody.